Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and sitting across from me, putting on his Love Your Mama um, lip balm. <laughs> what what flavor is that? Uh, that is almond, actually. It's almond. yummy. That, look at that. Plug right out of the gate. Uh, this is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Hello. Those are nice lips you got there, man. Wow. They're, they're now moistified. Like moist bologna. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, the two of us get together, as we are right now, and you have yourself Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. Nope, this is the podcast. It ain't going nowhere. It ain't going to change. Don't worry, folks. Yeah. Same as it ever was. If you love the TV show, we thank you. If you don't like it, hang out with us here online. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with our online presence, our website, our new website, the home of Chuck yeah. and Josh, stuffyoushouldknow.com. This is pretty cool. I don't mind uh, saying words about this because we got a new website and it's like, it's awesome. It's got video and and blogs and photos and it's all, like, all sorts of cool stuff. It's us. It's our house on the on the web. It's yeah. really cool. I mean, stuffyoushouldknow.com. It's our website. Yeah. Mind-blowing. <laughs> Five years of the making. Yeah. So, uh, and then not to be confused with our Twitter handle, SYSK Podcast. Not to be confused with our Facebook page, facebook.com slash stuff you should know. Boy, you're front-loading this one. Yep. <laughs> all right. All that's out of the way, right? Yes. Um, so, Chuck, you doing good? You feeling well? Uh, and I'm not feeling great, but, you know. Yeah. You ready to be done? <laughs> no, I'm ready to talk about willpower, though, because it is a uh, topic that I struggle with, as do most people, I think. Like you struggle with the topic or you struggle with willpower? I think everybody struggles with willpower. Oh, yeah. Well, as a matter of fact... Um, I think you're absolutely right. There is a very famous guy named Plato, famous Greek philosopher. Plato. Plato. Oh, yeah. Plato. Yes, not Plato. Right. Um, and uh, Plato decided, well, suggested that the entire uh, human experience, the the sum of human existence, could be basically nailed down with just this: you have a higher self and a lower self. Yeah. And your purpose for living is to overcome the usually more powerful urges of the lower self in order to fulfill the goals of the higher self. I am down with that 100%. It makes utter and complete sense. You know? I, I don't know about the reason for living, but the, the struggle, man's struggle, or at least. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like that's – if you are born, you are going to face that. Yeah. But you're going to face it in varying degrees because as we found – Willpower, mm-hmm. which is what you use to get over your lower urges and, and pursue your higher goals, um, it, it comes in differing amounts for differing people, different people. Yeah, and it and Robert Lamb wrote the original article from How Stuff Works, yeah, from Stuff to Blow Your Mind, and he points out that we're at odds with our own uh, nature as we have evolved here on the planet because you know we craved sugary sweet things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sugar gave us lots of energy back in the day. And back in the day, they didn't have little Debbie cakes within hand's reach at right. all times. Yeah. So we're sort of at odds with ourselves. And he points out sexually as well. Um, we evolved to spread the seed and procreate as much as possible mm-hmm. to ensure the uh, survival of the species. Right. And um, nowadays, you can't really do that stuff. Or if you do, you're a philanderer or a, a jerk or you're 
spreading disease. Right, and, your um, public health nuisance. Yeah, so um, we're but, at odds with ourselves, with our very existence. Yeah, and not only internally, but you make the the point um, as a society as well. I mean, society and evolution tussle. So you can make the case that society represents our higher self and you know our what we our basic instincts that we've evolved to yeah. are our lower selves. Yeah. So that's what's going on, and it's willpower, willpower that will get us over the, the, the bumps that come along in life inevitably. Yeah, and if, I think most people relate willpower to things like eating or going to the gym or indulging in uh, uh, sexual proclivities and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's broader than that in general. I think it's the will to, like Plato said, to strive to, I guess, do the right thing. Yeah. By yourself, by others, by society at large. Right. And I, I guess also um, how often you come up against that, how often you have to uh, exercise willpower because you, you just hit it on the head. Willpower is the act of making a decision. Yeah. You're deciding to do something or not to do something. Um, how often you do that, it does depend on how you define the world around you. Yeah. Like, are these things, you know, are you surrounded by temptations that you have to ward off all the time and you're paying attention to it and they're always closing in? Uh, if you're like that, then you're going to exercise your willpower a lot. If the, you don't see the world as temptations, you give in to them all the time, you're not going to. If you look at the world as something that you can handle, you're probably not going to have to uh, exercise your willpower too much then either. Yeah. But it's all, they're all, those are three different ways of, of living. And they all are, are, I guess, described by willpower and, and how you use it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Robert uh, <laughs> makes a point that is backed up somewhat by science, or actually completely by science. Yeah. The, and he, he puts it in terms of a video game, which makes sense, that if you uh, were a video game and you have a willpower meter, that that willpower meter is replenished and depleted mm-hmm. on a daily, probably hourly basis. And the more you uh, use your willpower and say, you know what, I'm not going to have that little Debbie cake, your little willpower meter goes down and it depletes itself. So you're not going to have as much willpower maybe for the next decision. Right. Which is really interesting. Yeah, that's um, pretty new. Our understanding of willpower like that is very new. The first guy to really kind of put it out like that was Freud. Um, And he basically said, uh, you... We have this thing called willpower. We have an ego. Yeah. That's that's what the um, the Freudians associate with willpower is the ego. Sure. And your ego is this finite thing. It has a finite energy reserve. It uses energy. Yeah. And therefore, it can be sapped. And then Freud fell out of fashion. And um, everybody just kind of stopped looking at willpower that way. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until 1996 when a Florida State University psychologist named Roy uh, uh, Baumeister. The Baumer. He uh, he he figured out through this test using uh, chocolate and radishes, I believe. Yeah. That um, you, if you are staving off temptation using willpower, you actually do terribly on like a, another test of willpower. Yeah, they used uh, persistence tests, um, basically puzzles that you have to just keep at it and keep at it. It's not something you could complete immediately, and offered some people. Chocolate chip cookies and other chocolate treats of their liking, and offered other people radishes instead, 
Which is not a fair fight. Come no. <laughs> Rat, I mean, he really stacked the deck. Like maybe a radish, a shaved radish and a salad or something. Right. But if all you're looking at is a plate of radish, then yeah, I would take the cookie. Uh, so what he found out, though, was the people who ate the radishes had more trouble completing the test, I guess, because right. I guess the idea is they're using up all their willpower to not eat the cookie so they don't have time for the test. Yeah. The persistence. And there was also a, um, a, another kind of follow-up study a few years after that by um, the, I, the University of Iowa professor with the greatest name of all of the faculty there, Baba Shiv. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Dr. Shiv um, had a, uh, a basically tested willpower by saying, this group's going to remember a two-digit number. Yeah. And this group's going to remember a seven-digit number. And then we're going to test their willpower um, by tempting them with chocolate cake. Right. And uh, Dr. Shiv found that there was uh, the people who were using their working memory, their cognitive capacity to um, remember the seven-digit number had a harder time resisting. So it basically proves that we use our working memory to resist temptation. And I guess it's something like reminding yourself, yeah. it, you know, at the, at the forefront of your mind not to do something, you know, until the temptation passes. Who knows? Yeah, uh, maybe I had that cookie yesterday, so, man, I can't eat it today. Or... We use our working memory to remind ourselves of our long-term goals in the face of a short-term reward. Well, that's one of the big keys, I think. Yeah. And uh, that's something Robert hits on, which is, I want that cookie now, and I know bikini season's coming up, and you've seen me in a bikini, Josh. <laughs> it's not pretty. I will never get that out of my <laughs> memory, working memory or otherwise. Yellow polka dot bikini. Please, and, uh, <laughs> But that's sort of what we're at odds with, is the short-term... I think humans as a, a group tend to uh, enjoy the short, short-term short pleasures. And if you truly learn to conquer that in, in uh, lieu of long-term gain, that's when you're like, you're winning, as Charlie Sheen would say. Right, exactly. You know? Although Charlie Sheen's not exactly one who's known to exercise the willpower. No. You know? <laughs> that was a really odd person to, to tap for that. But Well, I think that's the opposite. He was He thought winning was the short-term gain. Yeah, I guess. Um, and that is so dated. It, yeah, it really is. <laughs> People are like, when do you guys record this? But it's been, I think, today might be the very day where you could get away with it. Okay. So it was perfect, all by right, the okay. way. Um, so with, from all these tests, like when uh, Baumeister um, put his 1996 study, ego depletion, colon, is the active self a limited resource? Yeah. It just basically kicked off the slew of follow-up studies from Dr. Shiv and others. And um, one of the things that they found was that you can kind of watch people exercise willpower on the old uh, Wonder Machine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, using MRIs, uh, they put people in and had them think about, I guess, a sweet or a health food. Oh, right. And decide between them. This and, is it Caltech? Yeah. Yeah. And they found that the uh, ventromedial prefrontal cortex lights up when you're making that uh, decision, when you're considering it, which made sense. They, I think they kind of expected that. Yeah. But they were also surprised to find that the uh, dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, um, which is located a little further back. Sure. Um, that lit up as well. And they think that that has well, to Well, that do lit with... up for the people who made the good decision only. Thank you. Right. And they think that that's maybe part of your that's part of the working memory where you're like no i can't eat that because yeah. this that's tapping into that higher self goal pursuit that's the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex right 
<laughs> you did a nice job there, by the way. Thanks. So the Baumer also went on to say that um, he he compares the the willpower, your own willpower, to a muscle or something like a muscle, and you can deplete it. Like he said, if you overwork your muscles, you're just going to deplete your muscles and be worn out at the end of the day. Uh, or you can exercise that muscle in, in a healthy way and make it stronger in the long term. Right. Um, do you do this? I, I, after reading this, I started to realize that I actually kind of exercise willpower all the time. Well, you, I think you especially do. So, like, for example, I, I have a mail key that I use to go get the mail, right? And we keep it yeah. in our car. Gotcha. And I had to go to the car and get the mail key and then go get the mail, and it was cold out yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the way back, I could have just taken the mail key inside with me and taken it back to the car the next time I went to the car. Yeah. Again, it was very cold. But instead, I walked up a flight of stairs, put the mail key into the car, and then went back home. So you're, you you made that decision, and you struggled with it, even if in a minor way. Yes. I did it specifically because there was no reason whatsoever for me to do that. Yeah. Rationally, and as far as common sense went, there was no, there was no purpose to it. Yeah. But by doing it, I basically just exercised my willpower. It was something I didn't really want to do, yeah. but it wasn't a big deal, but it was – I could – like doing that accumulates. Yeah, I think I think you and I are really different in that way. I see you as someone who actively works that muscle a lot on a daily basis, and I don't enough. And not that I just have no willpower, but I don't give give decisions like that enough consideration. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Completely. Yeah. I'll just be like, yeah, I'll just go upstairs and throw the key on the coffee table. Which. A sane person <laughs> kind of has that that thought. I think that puts you in the sane camp. Yeah, but that doesn't ensure that I'm making good decisions for my life. Well, you know? yeah, no. But I mean, I don't think you're making bad ones. But it's good to self reflect. You know. Yeah. I, I I do kind of. It's kind of fun. You know. It's like a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want. You know. It's it's like how ramrod street can I stand? You know. That's right. What I'm building toward. <laughs> Uh, so, um, another thing Robert points out from the science side of things is, as far as giving into the short term in favor of the long term, is uh, glucose mm-hmm. plays a big part in that. And I think they found that a quick um, shot of sugar, I don't think a whole lot, can sometimes stave off or build up that willpower reserve in the yeah. short term. Yeah, it's like a... You you were talking about how we have like a um, willpower bar, yeah. and every time we resist temptation, it's depleted a little more and more. Uh-huh. They found that a shot of glucose replenishes that willpower bar. So is that in lieu of like, hey, boy, I really want that cupcake, but let me have the juice box instead? That's the irony of it is giving into that cupcake may help you exercise your willpower with other stuff Later further that, on. Ah, interesting. Isn't that weird? Okay. But yeah, I mean, if you had something healthier... It, that would be the better choice, but the point is, is like any kind of shot of glucose has been shown to um to to re up your your willpower. Gotcha. And this was very much poo pooed at first. This idea. Uh-huh. Um, I think Baumeister. There's this really great article by John Tierney in uh, New York Times Magazine. It's from um 
the August before last. It's called Do You Suffer from Decision Fatigue? Our buddy Chad loves this. Oh, he, yeah. Like, proselytized this article, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is the one. Okay. So I strongly recommend everybody go read it. It's a good one. But um, in, in it, it talks about Baumeister, like, thinking that, you know, glucose has something to do with this. Um, and it was poo-pooed at first because everybody knows the brain uses the same amount of energy pretty much all day long. Yeah. So that didn't make any sense. Like if you're, if you're ego depleted and you're, you're suffering from some sort of willpower fatigue, what, but your brain's still using the same amount of energy, those two don't jibe. Right. Again, with the MRI, what they found was somebody suffering from ego depletion, from willpower fatigue, who took a, a shot of glucose or whatever. Yeah. Um, their brains lit up in areas that had to do with exercising willpower. So while your brain was using the same amount of energy, it uh-huh. was using them in different places when uh-huh. your willpower was fatigued. And that glucose basically was like spinach to Popeye for that part of your brain that's charged with exercising willpower. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. So what do you carry on a pack of sugar with you at all times? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on so much sugar right now. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the, in that same article, they, they talk about this, uh, s- this kind of landmark study of is- an Israeli parole board. And, um, they found that you, if you were a parolee, uh-huh. and you came to them after it had been a while since a break or lunch or breakfast, your chances of being paroled dropped by like 50 or 60%. Oh, if the parole board had not had breakfast? Yes. Oh, Or, no, if they if you came to them, like, right after things got started after breakfast or after gotcha. lunch, uh-huh. your chances of being paroled were, like, 50 to, 50 to 60% greater than people who came to them for identical crimes, yeah. like, a couple hours later. I'm sure that makes the criminals of the world feel pretty great. Yeah, exactly. It's so arbitrary. And they what they found is it's not laziness. It's not, like, physical fatigue yeah. where, like, you can tell you're tired. What our brains do is they employ the strategy where you you are you become risk averse, like you don't want to make a decision. So you uh, say, you know what, I'm just going to put this off. You're going to go back to jail. I'm not going to grant you parole because that's risky behavior to let you back out in the world. And I'm just I've made too many decisions today. But you're not thinking this. So you just say parole denied. And you have no idea why. Yeah. It just makes sense to you at the time. But if you had had some glucose, that same instance, you may you may be like, well, yeah, I think you're you're ready to come back out into society. Huh. That reminds me of uh, the band Rush. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That we talked about before. Of course. Uh, I remember this from when I was a teenager. You know the lyric, um, oh man, what song is it? If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Free will. Oh yeah, that's from that song, of course. Yeah. I think on the original album jacket, it says, if you choose not to decide, you cannot have made a choice. Is and, that right? Yeah, my brother and I used to laugh that... I think Neil Peart actually wrote a lot of the lyrics back then yeah. that Getty Lee just like, you know, etched it out with a pencil. Right. But it's the complete opposite meaning. So it's interesting that at some point Rush, I guess, had maybe a band argument or something. I, I'm glad Getty Lee won. Yeah, you've, you have made a choice. No, you cannot have made a choice. Right. Just shut up and play drums. I, Your uh, voice is weird. I remember <laughs> hearing that the first time. I was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. It blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Free Will. I can't believe I didn't remember the name. Yeah, of you're it. like, I can't think of the name of the song, but it's about Free Will. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Red Barchetta? <laughs> All right. Let's what see, else we got? Chuck. Oh, I didn't really fully get the um, the Stanford uh, psychologist, Walton and Dweck. Mm-hmm. And that is Dweck. It sounds like I'm saying Dweck wrong. <laughs> um, I didn't fully get that. That they They said that people 
who have willfa- uh, willpower fatigue tend to slack off when they felt their resolve wavering, but then people who felt their resolve was limitless pressed on. I like that. Just I don't get the point there. It seems like a no brainer. So yeah, I, I think I think it is. I, you, you may just be looking too deeply. Oh, it's like what so. I was talking about earlier at the beginning, where like depending on how you see the world, like do you see the world as like like you have willpower, so you can overcome any oh, temptation. Okay. You're going to last longer on tests of willpower than somebody who is like, um, I'm feeling kind of weak today, gotcha. you know, and then you're just going to give in. Okay, so it is pretty simple. Yeah. All right, I thought I was a dummy. Not only is it simple, I managed to make it more complex <laughs> and talk about it at length. Uh, they do know that people uh, generally, there is some genetic component involved, like if your parents are super self-disciplined, then mm-hmm. you are more likely to turn out that way. Right. I found that to be true from friends of mine whose parents were like super self-disciplined and their kids kind of turned out that way too. Yeah, but I wonder, and, and Robert makes a point in the article, like, is it genetic or epigenetic? Yeah, I don't know. Probably both. Yeah, I would think so. That would be my guess. We just chose not to decide. <laughs> <laughs> we could not have made a choice. Uh, and then the old marshmallow experiment, this uh, Stanford, not the prison experiment, <laughs> but the marshmallow experiment. Yeah. Uh, from the 1960s, a very famous one where they placed these, uh, tortured these kids basically by placing a marshmallow in front of them and saying, if you hold off on eating that marshmallow in 15 minutes, you will have two. And of course, not many of the kids could hold out. Sure. But they found that the ones who did hold out for the second marshmallow, uh, went on in life to greater successes, at least if you count SAT scores as a measure of success. Mm-hmm. 210 points higher than the ones who chowed down on the marshmallow. And the ones who ate the marshmallow uh, later on had struggles with uh, relationships and stress and uh, attention. Yeah. So I wonder if that has anything to do with, like, you know, OCD. I wonder as well. I wonder how much um, of our modern problems are really just crises of willpower. Yeah. I wonder. Um, There was a follow-up to that 60s experiment. There's been a bunch, but there was one in, at the University of Rochester that was um, carried out last year that um, found we are more willing to exercise willpower if we think that what we're holding out for is actually going to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and they did that by... <laughs> this is hilarious. It's funny. Studies with kids are always... They're so cruel <laughs> yeah. and funny. Uh-huh. I mean, not the really, truly cruel ones, no, but we're like not talking any like psychological that. study that has to do with yeah. kids... Almost invariably has some cruel aspect to it. Yeah. And this one was no, uh, was no exception. Basically, uh, they said, here's the control group, here's, here's the experimental group, and the control group, we want to give you some extra art supplies, let us go get them. And they came back with some extra art supplies. Yeah. The experimental group, they said, hey, we're going to get you some more art supplies. We'll be right back. And they came back. They're like, we don't have any more art supplies. We know you were really excited, but sorry. You're yeah. going to have to make do with that old red pen. Yeah. And then they tested them with the marshmallow experiment and found that the ones who had gotten the art supplies, the promise hadn't been broken. Sure. Uh, they held out longer than the ones who had been lied to. Yeah. They're like, screw that. I, you're not bringing me two marshmallows. I'm I eating this marshmallow right now. Exactly. I'm going to kick you in the shin afterward, too. I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not cruel on the level. What was that one, uh, the one kid, remember, the that we talked about that was tested on, like, oh, um, kept in a closet? No, they, no. they uh, tested fear conditioning and extinction yeah, but, in the kid. It was, it was oh, Little God. Albert. Oh, Little Albert. Where they, like, they would that's put a, right. a bunny in his lap and then 
bang a My bar God. of metal with a hammer and scare the bejesus out of them. That's right. And, and he then came to a... like fear <laughs> rabbits, like and there bunnies. Was, there was a search for him, right? And they eventually found him. They thought. I think so. I don't remember. I wrote a blog post that yeah. I'll, I'll have to republish or whatever because it's been a while. I don't remember, yeah. but yeah, they they figured out who it was pretty much. So this isn't on that level. No, no, no. This is just marshmallows. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so. Oh, there was one other point I wanted to bring up that I thought was pretty interesting and horrible from that John Tierney article, um, where with with decision fatigue, with exercising willpower, yeah. it uh, disproportionately affects the poor, and they think that possibly now uh, that poverty exists in a cycle because. If you're a poor person, you have to exercise willpower. Yeah. You have to make more decisions than somebody who has more resources, more money. Yeah. Like say you're walking through the grocery store. Um, you know, I want this soap and this food. Yeah. Uh, if you're poor, you might have to say, I want both, but I have to just buy one. I don't have enough for both. So how much is it going to be? Yeah. And their willpower, their, 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 their resources of, of willpower of decision making become fatigued a lot faster because they have to exercise it a lot more and they don't have the uh, the resources to get themselves out of poverty to indulge or or to uh, well, like yeah. study or do sure. you know do more that they they already have the the deck stacked against them yeah. resource wise but then you throw in this this idea of willpower uh, possibly. That's that m- makes it even more difficult. Yeah, boy, I never really thought about that. That's yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. It makes you, it makes you know, you feel for them even more. Yeah, and it makes me feel bad when I say, "Do I want the peanut butter ganache cupcake or the chocolate?" <laughs> you know what? Just go ahead and give me both. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, you can buy both and then just take one to somebody who's struggling in the grocery store, trying to figure out if they're going to buy soap or food. That's a good idea. Yeah. You got anything else, man? No, this is uh, this is a good one. Yeah, I like willpower. It's fun. I Go like out it. and exercise it in little ways. It's fun. Or don't. Either that, or um, strap a car battery to your inner thighs. <laughs> it's just for fun. Uh, okay. Well, if you want to learn more about willpower and read this good article by uh, Robert Lamb, you can type in willpower in the search bar at howstuffworks.com, and it will bring it up. And I said search bar, so it's time for listener mail. Uh, yeah, Josh, uh, quickly before we do that, we need to say a special thank you uh, to a fan of ours who helped us out uh, with our Wikipedia page. Oh, nice. Thank you. And uh, he was very cool in, in his name, and he's been mentioned on Tech Stuff, evidently, too. Oh, wow, this guy's a star. We're, we're not going to hold that against him. <laughs> and this is how he his name is spelled, A-N-T-R-I-K-S-H, uh, Yadav, Y-A-D-A-V. And he says... You pronounce it untrich. The T is soft, though, as in math. So untrich? Untrith? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he, he phonetically spelled it out. He told me what it sounded like, and I still can't quite do it. So we just want to say thanks a lot for helping us with the Wikipedia page. Nice. And now, a listener mail Ooh. that I'm going to call SYSK can help you get ladies. 
This is from Todd in Oklahoma City. Okay. Guys and Jerry, I've come to the conclusion that I may owe you a, a big thank you. Your podcast has created the impression, whether fiction or reality, that I am somehow a guy who knows about stuff with the ladies. <laughs> my new girlfriend, in fact, mentions as one of my winning traits that I am often saying interesting things. And this really interested me, so I asked her for some examples of things that I say. And it was notable that every example that she cited was something that I learned listening to your podcast at work. So it is quite possible, sirs, that you and your podcast made my baby fall in love with me. Nice. I'd like to shake your hands. Every single guy should listen to your podcast because it may at least get you a second date. And that is Todd from Oklahoma City, who is banking on our knowledge mm-hmm. to woo women and guess he got a girlfriend out of it. Good going, Todd. Good for you. We're glad we could help, man. We're married dudes, so we we live vicariously through these emails. That's not true. <laughs> well, no, I think it's great. I'm happy for Todd. Yeah, I, I don't mean I, I live vicariously. As in, like, I, I wish I was... The details of your no, life, no, I just mean, like, that's great. I'm glad someone out there is getting a date because of this. Yeah, I, I love helping people find love connections. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we should do a speed dating episode. I wrote uh, an article on it once, and it's pretty neat. Yeah, my friend PJ, you met PJ. He uh, he he just texted me yesterday and said, "Hey, this girl, he does a lot of online dating." Mm-hmm. He said part of her profile is that she's like a huge fan of you guys, and I said, "Date her." Yeah, go out on a date with her. Yeah, there you go. We're, you're doing it all over the place, man. That's right. Um, let's see if we have affected your life positively. Um, we want to hear about it, not negatively. Just positively. <laughs> you can uh, tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. And you can always find us hanging out at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 